Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya and today I'm super excited to welcome my special guest live from Costa Rica, Jean Pullen. Welcome Jean. Hello, so great to be here. I'm Jean and I'm a best-selling author of Regenerate Your Reality. I'm also a partner at Jungle Project and a soil advocate at Kiss the Ground, a lover of life and a gardener and so happy to be here today. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I kiss the ground. I love it. But um, okay, there's so much we can talk about here because I feel like what you do is so, so, so important. So just give, I mean, I know you do so many things, but give us a little breakdown. Like what, what does your day look like these days and, and what do you do? Yes. So I think it's so important to live regeneration in every way. So nourishing our bodies, nourishing the earth and working towards the collective the collective dream. And so my days look like spending time outside and near the river, gardening, um, working on regenerative projects such as Jungle Project. I'm also a writer, so I write regenerative articles and, um, and just cook from the garden and farm to table and harvest and just enjoy life, but also align with everything with intention. Mm, beautiful. So tell us about your book, because it's exciting. Your Congratulations on becoming a best-selling author. And please tell us about your book. Yes. So there's seven chapters of the book. And each chapter has a intention, a affirmation, a story, some resources, and an exercise and wisdom questions. So chapter one is all about living our dreams every day through action. Chapter two is all about the passion path and regenerating in every way through circular economy, regenerative agriculture and permaculture and setting our heart on fire. Chapter three. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, let's not give away the whole book. And then just right there in chapter two. Okay, so let's let's break that down for a moment because I really want to make sure all of our listeners and even myself are clear. Like, what what do all of these things mean? <laughs> yeah. So, what do you want me to talk about? Regeneration. Yeah, or circular economy, like all of these things. Like, there was a few things that you said there that really like piqued my curiosity. So, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about a few of them? Yeah. So, let's see. Regenerative regeneration is to restore to a better state. So, leaving it better than we found it. We can regenerate our bodies through purifying the waters that we take by eating organic foods. We can purify our earth through um, gardening and, and mulching and building soil and planting trees and seeds. Uh, that's regeneration in a nutshell. And it all begins with us. It begins with our own actions, what we can do, small changes. And those changes could be such as plant the garden by organic and local, gain back our connection to the earth, start a compost, plant trees, activating our dreams through action and giving back to our local economies. You want to know a little bit more about circular economy? Yeah. And actually, I just want to share that even in just listening to you share about that, I'm having like a profound 
realization, because even I've never really thought about it so directly that way, but you know, my experience of life and in working with so many people is like so many people are depleted and that regeneration is actually the antidote to depletion, you know, and to consciously regenerate, you know? And uh, so for me, it's actually very interesting to contemplate. So thank you. You're, you're already giving me lots to think about. So it's, it's actually profound that we, you know, the concept of the, the whole concept of regeneration, isn't it? Yes. I, we no longer can just be sustainable. We have to leave it better than we found it. And it, it starts with us and our leaving it better than we found it for the generations to come planting for the monkeys, planting for the kids and so on. So that when we leave this earth, it's a little better because we, we kiss the ground with each step we take. I love that. I love it. I love it. Okay. So circular economy, what, what does this mean? Tell us a little bit about this. Oh, yes. So circular economy, it's not just a concept for governments, economists. It's something we can put into immediate action as individuals. It's based on three principles, designing out waste and pollution, keeping products and materials in use as long as possible, and regenerating natural systems. So we can't really think about everything the way it is currently. It's a linear system. You just take, throw away, out of sight, out of mind. We can't do that anymore. We have to think about ways that we can, that are circular and that are spiral. Nature works in these circles and spirals and linear goes against that natural order. So how can we, how can we reduce recycle, regenerate in all these ways so that we can live in circulars. And one great example of this is compost, for example. When we compost our items and give it back to the soil, then it's a closed loop. It went from us consuming to us composting, to us putting that into the soil, that creating yummy nutrients for our plants. We eat the plants and then it's all a circle, right? Hmm. Yes. I love this. Oh my gosh. You're changing my life just from this talk. Cause I'm like, wow, I do compost, but I don't like think of it that way. Like I don't, I'm just like, oh, I'm composting. Cause that's what I do. But I haven't actually put that depth of like thought. And now I'm thinking this is another thing. Cause I'm really into making everything in life, you know, making it pleasurable, making it a bit of a ritual. So now I can make my composting. Like I'm not just composting. I'm like, I'm giving back to the earth. It's a circle of life. And that's just one simple example. There could be other examples such as humanure. We have a compost toilet at our house and we give our precious poo every morning to the Baño Seco. And after two years, it's beautiful soil for our fruit trees. And this is another example of, you know, we when we let it go to the municipal system, it's just out of sight, out of mind. And it could be being dumped somewhere without the proper treatment. And we can use our precious poo for the nutrients of our earth. And there's so many examples. Let's see, uh, circular economy within our communities, buying locally, buying from our friends, buying from farmers, trying to stay out of big box supermarkets so that we can really support the people in our communities that are around us and keep the economy flowing within within our circles. Yes. Yes. I love it. All of it. It's so, so good to think about. And actually, this is actually the perfect opportunity for me to share something that I've wanted to share for a long time and haven't known how, but I had a, a dear friend, um, her name's Frida and she, you know, she passed on, she's no longer in this world, but when she was here, she, something that she felt very strongly about and felt that spirit was like really asking her to be the messenger of. And I know that many people speak of this, but it, it came to mind multiple times recently. I'm like, I have to share this, but what, her, her big thing was all about women giving their blood back to the earth 
because there's been too much bloodshed on this earth. So every time when we, as women, we give our blood back to the earth, it's an offering to, you know, to, to heal for healing and for peace and for resolution and for harmony from all the blood that has been, you know, that has been shed too much blood on, on this earth, you know? And so that was what she felt that her, her message was, what's to tell women this. And I know that, you know, many women speak about this and, in, 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 but every time I have my cycle, I think about this and I'm like, oh, like we do, we should, we should be giving our blood. So this is another example. Yes. Yes. And mm. so every month I choose a fruit tree that I want to nourish with my blood yes. and I just pour the blood back to this fruit tree. And the same with urine, if we can pee on our plants or pee outside in our garden, then it will be the weeds or the plants that we actually need as medicine will sprout up. Um, so the plants will have our DNA and it will even produce something even more magical because we're giving those precious nutrients back to the earth. That's mm. an amazing example. And I highly recommend everyone to every woman to give their blood back to the earth and almost create a ceremony of it and create mm. these cycles where we plant seeds with the new moons and um, we really plant the seeds within the earth and our ourselves. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. And it's true. And this is, this is so funny. Like, you know, and it's funny how we're even funny, like shy to talk about it, like maybe not as much. So, but you know, these are all natural functions. And actually my friend and I were joking, you know, she lives out of Vancouver and whenever we're hanging out and we like pee on the ground, we're like, why is peeing on the ground? Just like so much better. Like, you know, even just the experience of it, you know, and it's because it's just the most natural thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We tell anyone who visits us on a permaculture tour, we're like, here's the compost toilet and feel free to offer your urine to any of the plants in the garden because they could use that extra nutrient. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So circular economy, what was the, what was the next one after that? Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what else you want. I can't remember. You just said, you said so many things in chapter two that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, first oh, yes. Of all, yes. Okay. So, okay. And then other item was regenerative agriculture. Yes. And that is so important right now. It's a really hot topic, especially in the United States, because a farm bill is, is being passed right now. So if you can support the the new farm bill that would support regenerative agriculture and helping transition the farmers onto using natural ways, partnering with nature, protecting the soil, diversifying their crops. And it's, it's all a way of growing our food that is organic, but it's also diversifying the crops and planting together. It's not just one crop, like monoculture is one crop, whereas in regenerative agriculture, it's supporting the soils, multiple crops, and regenerating the, the people who consume the food and the earth through the practices of regenerative agriculture. Yeah, very, very important. And I was kind of giggling because you're like, oh, it's a farm bill. And I'm like, oh, yeah, isn't it a guy named Bill that's doing all this <laughs> stuff with the farmland too? I'm like, how does this work? Um, and then I, I just listening to you, I'm like, isn't it just wild? I'm like, why, how did we even get to this point where we're abusing nature and where we want to create so much synth- like synthetic things in a world that was made perfectly natural? Like nature is perfection. And when we work with nature, it's like, we, we need it. And, you know, I have to say, I don't always use the, the video for this podcast, but you look like your skin is, I'm a big skin person. Like your skin is glowing. Like you are glowing. You have the glow of someone living the life of, you know, the organic life, like it shows, you know, and this is, this is like a thriving human beings thrive on foods and things that come from the earth yet, you know, the earth is being destroyed. It's kind of like, huh? You know? (laughs) Yeah, it's all connected. And if we can, if we, if our micro universe reflects our macro universe, then that will just ripple outwards and we will, we'll, we live back in harmony again. And I know so many of us um, are working through our actions of creating this, shifting the paradigm, really shifting the paradigm to live in a more simple way that's 
closer to the earth, getting back to our roots and living like our grandma's grandma, grandma lived, <laughs> growing our own gardens and trading herbs and, um, and enjoying life and resting and restoring ourselves and taking care of the earth. Yeah, so how long have you been living in Costa Rica for? Yeah, five years now. I think I, I think that I moved here, I think when Trump was starting, right before Trump was elected in the States, I was like, I think I'm gonna have to migrate because I need to, I need to live free on. I just didn't know exactly where it would be. And as soon as I stepped in Costa Rica, I felt this, like, ah, I'm home. The vibration of the earth and there's no military here. So I just felt this sort of safety of being home. And there's so such a great permaculture um, activist group here and cosmic family here. I know there is all over the world, but I just felt, yes, this is my place to be and, um, and to start planting roots. Yeah, um, you're cutting out a little bit. Um, do you want to just talk again? Hold on. Do you want to talk again? Sure. Say the Costa Rica thing? Or? Yes, please. Yeah, if you say it over, I'll just cut the other part out because a bunch of it, you said when Trump, this is, it, it was funny, as soon as you said Trump, then the dinner started, I was like, oh no, that's the like curse word. And I was giggling in my head because I'm like, oh, that was your out point. You're like, he's in, I'm out of here, you know? So funny. Okay, okay so so how did you, so how long have you been in Costa Rica for? Yes, great question. Five years. So I moved here right after Trump was elected. And I just felt this need to, to transition. The environment was no longer serving me where I was living. I wanted to grow my own food and live in a tropical environment. And I started traveling through Mexico and Guatemala. And then as soon as I set foot in Costa Rica, I just knew I felt the vibration of the earth. I fell in love with the people and the hearts and Costa Rica has no military. So I just felt this sort of safety and freedom here that I've never felt before. Uh, I've been there actually, it's many years ago now, but I loved it too. It's very, and I have quite a few friends that live in different places in Costa Rica. So it feels like there's lots of pockets of, um, you know, people who are trying to live in a different way. So what are some tips or what are some like, so, so, you know, obviously you're like living the life, living on the land, like what are some tips or some ways for people to get started who might be maybe doing more urban living or like, just cause I, I think it can feel really overwhelming because, you know, uh, uh, so many of us, and actually I'd like to ask you about that as well, was like, what was your experience? Um, let, let's start with that actually. So what was your experience prior to moving to Costa Rica? Did you have, like, did you grow up on the land or was this something that you learned how to do? Yeah. So great question. I, when I was a little girl, we lived, we had a little forest as part of our backyard and I would sweep away the pine needles and create little fairy houses. <laughs> and I, and we grew a little bit of food in the summertime, maybe like tomatoes, but my mom was always into gardening and I always helped her garden as part of this passion that we shared together but it wasn't food centric it wasn't around growing food it was more about the flowers and the, and how beautiful the landscaping was um, I learned how to grow my own food through traveling and volunteering at different permaculture projects and taking courses a permaculture design course and trainings and um learning through immersing myself in permaculture and doing it hands-on and nature really teaches us. I have a bunch of amazing teachers that I continually rely on and continually learn. I'm always a student and student teacher student. Um, so it's a beautiful process. So my past life, I was living in the city. Uh, I was working as in corporate finance and 
I was traveling all over the country. Uh, I was called Finance Barbie. <laughs> and I was doing trainings on how to be how to how to be a better business person and keeping <laughs> and being a better business. And um, I was also training people on finance 101 and such like that. Um, so I just felt this desire in me as I was turning 28. I just I had a I had a um, fiance at the time. Uh, <laughs> and 45 days before the marriage just decided to dismantle the whole life and, and, and die and rebirth. And, um, it was a heartbreak and hard to kind of dismantle everything. I quit my job shortly after sold all of my material items and then started the solo travel dream and volunteering at different permaculture projects and took my yoga teacher training and just completely transformed my life. But it just started with stripping everything away and coming back to my essence of love and remembering that I am still the little girl sweeping pine needles away and creating little fairy magic within the forest and planting seeds and making art mandala with our planting in food and so yeah it was a big transition for sure wow what a story and and like classic uh Saturn return is what I was thinking too like if you know about astrology is like you know 28 29 you hit your Saturn return and usually it means like something like one or a few major things in your life like will change all of a sudden it sounds like you changed everything yes I and I even write about that in the book I'm like I felt this anxiety six months leading up to this dismantle and it just was a deeper desire for happiness and simplicity and knowing that the life I was living wasn't sustainable. It wasn't regenerative. And I wanted to live that. And I needed, instead of just talk about it and show up to protest, I needed to live it through action and, and start. <laughs> Yeah. And how, how amazing that you are blessed with. I, I see this so often when I work with people, like our life always sets us up for exactly what we need, even if we don't realize it. So, you know, in many ways, I'm sure your, your background in the corporate world, I see this a lot with people in the corporate world. I see how it actually trained them to be good in the, you know, at being able to navigate whatever business or whatever it is that they're doing in the, in the in spiritual world, or, you know, in your case, the, the natural world and all these things, because we still have to use these, we still need these practical life skills to, you know, you <laughs> to write books and to, you know, make websites and do all these things that we need to do. Absolutely. I, yeah. The third chapter in the book is all about financial freedom. So I do tie that into the book and, and bring that into how can we be sovereign? How can we be financially sovereign through growing our own food, through being the producer of our life instead of just consumer mm -hmm. and um, using diversity in crops diversity and in income flows, diversity and skills and, and living multi-passionately and holistically. Mm, I love that. Multi-passionately. Well, you know, when you talk about finances, to me, it's always been so clear um, that like the abundance is in the earth. And so again, this is one of these things, my whole life, like spinning my wheels and scratching my head going like, why are we destroying the earth? Because everything that we need is in the earth, like the wa our water, our food, like all of this, you know, but yet it feels like the corporate and the commercial world is like the op again, it's in that destruction cycle. It's not in that regenerative cycle. Most, most, most of it. I do see, I, I see more and more, a lot of companies that are making, you know, making efforts and there does seem to be more awareness and in, you know, sustainable. And I guess regenerative um, business practices. This is like so next level. Even for me, I've never really, you know, I've thought about this stuff, but now that I'm sitting here with you, I'm just like, wow, like, yeah, re regeneration. Yes, it's, it's really exciting. It's a really exciting time to be alive because as we see crisis, there's just gonna become more crisis in, in, in where there is crisis. <laughs> and the best way, to, to, um, to transform this is 
to let it dismantle and to let it fall. And we can live many lives within our life. I live many lives within my life and, and I'll probably live many more. And it's just so exciting because we can make these big changes on a small level <laughs> just through our own actions. And imagine if all of us made these little changes, how it would be multiplied by millions of people making small changes and what that would be to our environment, to our to ourselves, and how we could live in harmony and thriving. Yes, yes. Okay, so then this is great. So then this leads me back to this question about like, what are some things that people can could do right now to start, you know, thinking like living, living the regenerative life? <laughs> yes. Okay. First, becoming aware, becoming aware of what, what you're consuming. So becoming aware of what you're consuming through your diet. So consuming from farmers or from uh, organic stores or sources, and then from your garden. And so if you can plant just a few pots, I've seen urban gardens with pots inside and outside, but just start with one, start with one pot. And what is your favorite herb? Is it basil? Is it rosemary? Is it sage? Start with one herb, then multiply by, start with five, then multiply five herbs, start with five herbs and start to integrate that into your teas, integrate it into your diet and start nurturing those pots and see how they grow. Do they, are they happy? Where are you putting them next to the window in the sun? Or do you need to move it to the shade right outdoors? So just observing, and this is the first principle in permaculture, permaculture is observation is just observe where your plants are happy and start start nurturing the garden because when you're nurturing that garden your hands feel the soil they feel your body is filled with this nourishment of the earth and by producing just a little bit a few herbs it makes you feel good and uh and with herbalism it's preventative it's you're you're being you're putting the 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 power into your own hands by becoming your own doctor. Farmers should be our, called our doctors because, I mean, they're producing our medicine. And we can produce some of our own medicine by just starting with a potted garden, starting in your own backyard, in schools. You don't need to own land to plant gardens. We've planted gardens wherever we go. And we just now word land that we own but but for the majority of our lives we've been renting or living on different projects and just plant wherever we go and so start a garden and nourish that relationship and getting to know a few herbs that you're attracted to that you want to experiment as preventative medicine it could be mint it could be aloe vera it could be sage so that's that's where I would start is just buying organic and starting a little bit of your own garden and becoming aware and conscious of that, um, of that choice. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm going to try aloe vera. I don't know if we can do it in this climate, but that one was like, yeah, but, but also, so, so for people who don't even have like space, like even any outdoor space, like I have a friend and she lives in this high rise condo in Toronto and she grows things in her, um, in like jars and stuff like celery, like she'll send me pictures and stuff like that. Like all along her windowsill are these, like, do you know anything? Like, can you share yeah. anything about this? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, so another amazing idea is sprouting. So you can start to sprout mung beans, lentils, and all of that is just, you just put a little water, put the beans or the mung beans in and put a towel over it and let it sprout. And then your sprout, you, you're nurturing the seed and allowing it to sprout. And then you're eating this life. And it's such great life force when you eat sprouts and consume sprouts. And then you're also producing something that's so alive and makes you feel so good. 
so yes, sprouting is a great way. And then um, with many stems of vegetables, such as carrot heads with a little bit of uh, the, the green on top or with celery or with lettuce, for example, uh, all the, the, the plant will just grow again from, from the, the bottom of the lettuce or um, with celery, same. It will just grow up from the, from the stem if you put it into water. And then you can transplant that into your garden. Yeah. Into water. That's what I was just thinking. Cause I'm like, there was no soil in her little jars. Like it was just water. Like I find this fascinating, but like so many, we, we don't, so many of us don't know these things, right? Yes. Same way. You can propagate mushrooms. The same, the majority, there's a lot of mushrooms. You can propagate like oysters, for example, just from the, the bottom of the, the oyster mushroom. So similarly, and many cuttings, the way you propagate a garden is, and this is another amazing way, is you just walk around your neighborhood and walk around gardens and you find a little plant that calls you and you make a cutting of it and you just chop, with your scissors, chop, chop a little bit of this plant and see if it will grow again, just from that, from it will root from the bottom and you first place these plant in water, allow the roots to come into the water, and then you transplant it. So it's another way of propagating from just a little cutting of a neighbor or friend's plant. And that is how we've collected over 50 different medicinal plants. It's just friends, like touring the country and digging up some gardens, making cuttings, and just bringing them back and collecting a little bit here, a little bit there. And and now we are a botanical garden, <laughs> a food forest and a seed bank where most of our seeds are in the ground and we live biodiversity through our foods, through, through the crops. And yeah, these are just little steps we can take to become producers of our life and creators of our own reality. Yeah, it's really amazing because what it's sounding like to me is that what is like alive or what is will, will continue to grow given the opportunity, given the right condition that what has life will continue to sustain and produce life when given the right condition to do so, which is actually also really profound, isn't it? Because so many things, we just take them and we like throw it away or we don't realize that there's more life in something, even ourselves sometimes, you know? And, and this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Is that like this concept of aging and that we have the societal idea that as we, you know, grow older, that we are going to, you know, slow down. And, you know, of course it happens to some degree, but it does not have to happen in the way that um, so many of us perceive it to happen. And so many of us are already defined these, you know, uh, you know, there's people who are living longer than Ever and better than ever. And this is all part of it too. It, to me, it feels like this whole yeah. concept of regeneration. Well, it, that is the power of plants. <laughs> really, it's the power of plants. I think that if people can also shift to mostly plant-based, you don't have to go completely plant-based, but the more living live foods that we consume, the healthier and vibrant is going to be because we're getting more water from the live, um, the live spinach instead of cooking it or the live, uh, you know, the live food that instead of it being cooked all the time. So the more we can consume juices and smoothies and, and then also um, eating plant-based, it helps our entire body stay purified and clean the majority of the time. Thank you so much for saying that, by the way, because I, I find this whole term plant-based to be very interesting because I'm a, I'm a long time vegetarian, like since I was a, since I was a teenager, but I also know my body does not need meat. Like I could eat a little bit of fish sometimes, but other than that, like I don't need it. My, you know, but other people I know have tried to be vegan, tried to be vegetarian and they can't because everybody is, is, you know, different. And to me, even plant-based means you're plant-based. That means the basis or the majority of your diet is plants. But if you still need to eat a little bit of meat or a little bit of whatever it is, then eat that, but your diet is plant-based. So, you know, maybe 70, 80% 
percent of your, and that's how it should be anyway, you know, so you can yeah. eat all of your plants and have all your stuff. And then if your body, if you have a type of body that needs, you know, animal foods, then you can, you can do that. And there's sustainable and regenerative ways to, to do that as well. Right. With, you know, for those, those of us who are those people who eat meat, right. Yeah. It's, it's all connected really. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Interdependence of how, how it all orchestrates and our bodies are going to feel the most vibrant when, when we fuel them, like we're a temple. Yeah. Well, and it's like, um, you know, this idea, you know, they have this concept in Ayurveda and many traditions, you know, of like, when you cook your food, you put your prana or your life force energy into it, which is why it's important to, you know, cook as well. Like all of these things, even when you make tea, everything that we do, even drinking a glass of water, you can do it with intention. So you can take that even so much further if you're growing your own foods. And like you said, even if it's just like your favorite herb to start, you know, and then every time you use it, the feeling that you get from it, right. It's so much, it's so, it's so fun. You know, we, we started a garden at my mom's place during COVID and I didn't have as much um, involvement in it. I have to say it was mostly my brother and his partner and my son is really into it. Like he's, you know, he's young, but he's been around gardening so much already. Like he already knows how to plant things, which is great. I'm like, perfect. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, um, but it's so satisfying, you know, it's like, oh, you're eating this food and you're like, this came from the garden. Like it just, everything about it. It's so, it's, it's just exciting. Yes. It's so interesting you say that because every time people come for a farm to table tour, they say our salad is the best salad they've ever had. And it's, it's made up of 10 different greens and just chopped finely, but it has different colors like purple and different textures of leaves. And it's so packed full of nutrients that you can just taste. I've, I've, I've never tasted such a good salad myself and I crave it every day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to harvest the salad and I'll be the fairy that goes out and fills up my basket full of greens. And, and it's so exciting to share that with others because you can taste the difference between food that comes from nutrient nutrient soil versus you don't know where it comes from. And that's really the key is to start to, go to the source and know where your food comes from, know who's producing it and making sure it's produced organically. Yeah. I mean, even, even with store-bought things, the difference is like night and day, for example, like, you know, I almost never eat not organic strawberries because they're so, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're one of the really toxic ones, but you can taste the difference. Like an organic strawberry tastes like a real strawberry. Like they're supposed to, you know, like a strawberry is supposed to taste. And then some of this food that's genetically modified, it's almost like there's no, there's no flavor to it anymore. There's no, there's no life in it. There's no, yeah. And it's unfortunate because, you know, unfortunately organic produce is so, um, not attainable for so many people because of the cost of it. And so I think, um, but there are ways that the exciting thing is, is that there are ways, even if it's just like regrowing your own celery or whatever, this is a way that we can, um, maybe make organic food more accessible to people who can't afford it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also there's almost now popping up all over the world. There's, there's community gardening. And just getting involved and sometimes there's plots that you can offer to be the gardener of in these community gardens, or you can just help volunteer and then harvest from these community gardens. And I know in Seattle, where I grew up, there was a food forest group that would meet each month and we'd garden and harvest from the garden. And so I really recommend people to find, find the niche of people that can inspire you to grow and inspire you to be your best self and um and are like-minded yeah it's interesting too like in my I know um you know, in my healing work and such and teaching classes for many years with my good friend, Marina, we use the analogy of a garden is, it is, comes through so frequently because there are so many analogies within a garden just for life in itself. Like so many, it's just, it is the analogy for life. We have to plant seeds. We have to nurture for them. We have to be patient while our, our dreams and our goals and things like they blossom, you know, like it really is profound. So to actually be there hands-on um, there's, there's so many levels to it, but also something I want to add that I was thinking when you were talking is like, 
I think, and I'm always amazed by this, how, how much food, um, even just a small plot or a small harvest can yield. It's actually quite extraordinary, um, especially with certain things that grow easily. So I think it doesn't have to be this complicated thing. Once we figure out, and some things like they'll just grow themselves. Like you can stick a potato in the earth, like some things like this, right? It's actually magical, isn't it? Yes, it, it doesn't. It's interesting because we're not taught garden in schools. We're not taught to meditate. We're not taught yoga. We're not taught some of these skills that are so important to know because it's basic survival skills. And our ancestors knew it. It's just a few generation gap of knowledge that we're remembering and we're bringing back into our lives in small ways and bigger ways. And it's, it's really exciting. It, it is exciting. And I'm so, I'm just so grateful that we got to chat about this today because it's already expanded my mind in so many ways. And even I, I still have this piece in me that feels like, oh, I don't know how to garden and it's complicated, but it's actually not. And I feel like that's a, that's a programming or, or that's some kind of a, that, that's, there's something that's there, even, even in myself. Cause I'm like, oh, it's, it's hard or it's something, but like, even the conversation that we've had today, how many little like easy tips did you just share for people just to like start simply, right? Absolutely. It doesn't, it's all about experimenting and nature will show us like some seeds that we plant will die. Others will bloom and thrive and will consume from it. Others will, uh, others will not like the environment they're in and not be able to grow. And in the tropics, been really fun because everything grows very rapidly here and there's no real winter time so even the plants that up north would die in the winter just keep living and so there's plants that just have long cycles of life here and it's been fun to to see that because I never growing up up north I just didn't even know <laughs> that there's such long growing seasons and the rapid growth of and death <laughs> in the tropics is, is wild oh right yeah yeah that would be very different yeah because I'm in Vancouver right which is just up from Seattle so it's a very different it's a very different climate here you know we have this more like a, it's more like a rainforest up here you know we have more rain more green um, and not the same kind of warmth uh, so tell everyone again what is the title of your book and where can we find your book and all this good stuff yes so the title of the book is regenerate your reality and you can find it at www.regenerateyourreality.com. And I want to share a reading about love because that it's just that's pretty much what we're talking about. Regeneration and love are are very intertwined. But I thought I could read maybe the conclusion part of the love chapter, just a just a paragraph. When it comes to love within us and surrounding us, it's so important to nourish it like a garden. Starting at the core of love in our hearts and rippling outwards to the garden surrounding us, we are the seeds ready to sprout, then blossom. It's time for us to remember the love that is our true nature. We all have this deep seed within our hearts. The best way to cultivate our garden of love is to start planting seeds within ourselves and in the earth each cycle. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. It's like that. I don't know. I don't know who said this. Forgive me. I don't know. Please, if you know that that saying, like they tried to bury us, but we did. They didn't know we were seeds. You know. Yes, that's a. It's a Mexican proverb. Yes, I believe. Uh, yes, it's true. Yeah, we we all can nurture our garden within us and surrounding us and we all can create our own reality and have the potential to to just thrive and enter the queendom of life where everything is magical and we live our passion every day. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. And I'm so inspired by your, your like living the dream and, um, the, and the work that you do. I think it's, it's so important. And I think it's such a gift, um, and a privilege, unfortunately, in some ways, which it shouldn't be to be able to, um, live in the earth. Like that's how backwards everything is, is now, like, I always think about this, you know, there's so many like children, for example, who grew up in urban centers and they have no connection to anything, you know, maybe an urban garden, which is still great, you know, but this, you know, never being, I have like a passion. I want to take, I want to help people experience nature, you know, like that may, might not have the experience or, or the opportunity to do so. Yes. It's, I feel that it's regeneration and gardening and nutrition all need to be taught in school. And like you said, with your child being in a school that is now Waldorf kind of centric, that's what children need is if they're, if we're taught at an early age, how to partner with nature, then there, we don't get this disconnect and, and all this trauma that is related to that. Yeah. Stay pure. And I feel there's so many children of the earth that are, that are being born in this time and, and growing into this education of living with the earth. And yes. so it's exciting to know that it's happening. We're shifting the paradigm. There's hope because we're doing it. We're in action. We're doing it. We're in action. I love it. And it, it is, it is an action, you know, our, our mutual friend, um, Annette, who were, who were connected through she, I know that she, when we've spoken before about like, she also is living down like close to you as well. And that is a part of her sort of resistance. And that's a part of her living her and it's not escaping from the, you know, quote unquote reality. It's making a different choice to, to live in a different way, which so many of us are doing some in a more years, more maybe dramatic or not dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like moving to a different country and living in the middle of the rainforest. And for others of us, it could just be navigating our lives in a, in a different way, which is completely possible to do, whether you're in the city or, or wherever you find yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So we thank you. So please, we, we can. So please tell everybody where, where can they find you if they want to connect more, um, more with you and your work? Yes. Um, so you can find me at, on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and our website at Regenerate Your Reality. And you can find me at Jungle Project. Um, www.jungleproject.com and yeah check out our work and um, I'm open for farm visits and farm to table cooking we also are doing retreats um, in the future and yeah just join our monthly webinars as well it's a free educational uh, permaculture class that goes on different topics this next month on food production so it will be applicable to whatever climate that you're living in. And I just encourage you to take the steps and start to educate yourself through getting your hands in the dirt, listening to um, different ways of living and, and start putting it into action with small, small, small realistic steps. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Okay, quickly, um, I don't know, because I don't think you told us, what, what is the jungle project? Oh yeah, Jungle Project is all about, it's a project in Costa Rica that works with smallholder farmers. And it's all about trees, training and trade. And I'm a partner and director on this project. And we have over uh, around 20 farming families currently, and they're growing food and food forests uh, with breadfruit as the canopy tree. and if you don't know what breadfruit is, it's like a cannon, it's like a cantaloupe size uh, fruit that is like a potato that grows on trees. And it, it can be made into flour and pastas and imagine it being the most environmentally uh, happy, <laughs> uh, like car uh, carbohydrate that can be a flour and we can consume it in many different ways and it's an it's a very it's a reawakened product is what we're calling it because it's it's you know not many people are um growing breadfruit it's usually an underutilized crop that's just wasted and we're purchasing it back from smallholder farmers that are that sell us the breadfruit and and 
the farmers in the program are are really happy because they are food sovereign and then they have an economic tool of breadfruit to then sell back to us. So it's really exciting. Our partners through Kiss the Ground. And um, so if you do want to donate, please, please do so through Kiss the Ground and we will plant more trees and train more farmers. We're looking to expand to most areas of Costa Rica, but starting in the Caribbean near Limon and um, in that, in the Caribbean coast area, mostly we're starting there. But it's a project that's been around now for since 2014. And the co-founders are, there's two local co-founders and one from New York, Paul Sink. And it's really exciting and it's, it's a community project that I love working on because I'm so aligned with the missions and the vision of Jungle Project is, is envisioning a thriving within food forests. And um, yeah, so check that out, that Jungle Project. And yeah, it's just such, it's such an honor to be here with you and to have you all listening today. We all have this potential of regeneration within us and and may this seed grow within us all and allow us to expand and grow. Yes, amen. May the seed expand in us all. Say say that again because you cut out for a second. May the seed within us expand and grow. And may we all come back to our essence of love. Yes. Amen. Thank you for that. Perfect. Thank you, Jean Pullen. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm just like, I'm so, I'm so glad this is covered. I'm so glad I asked you about the last piece too, because I was like, when you said, when you said jungle project again, it was like this light went off and I'm like, no, I have to ask her about that before we go. And again, it's just profound. It's like, I don't know if that's why it's called breadfruit, but again, it's like love is in the earth. The abundance is in the earth. It's like, there it is. There's a fruit that can do, you know, all of these things. Like it's just, it's, there's answers. I've been shown this over and over again, that when our conscious consciousness is ready that all of the answers that we seek to heal the planet they're already like right there but it's almost like we can't even see them right now so many of us because we, we can't see them yet but as humanity as we evolve and as the consciousness expands that there's going to be so many miracle solutions that show up for humanity like every everywhere and a lot of it will be will be things like this and it will be in like in like fungi Yes. Like fungi. Oh, that's a whole, oh my gosh. If you know anyone who is like a fungi expert that wants to come on, like, I would love to talk about that because I know like mushrooms, they speak to one another. They have intelligent systems. Like this is just, it's mind boggling. I know a very little about it, but would love to know more. Yeah. That's a whole nother. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you can come back and talk <laughs> really about hard. it. Yeah. You can come back and we'll talk about fungi and uh, like, it's fascinating. Okay. Jean, <laughs> thank you so much, everyone go check out her work, regenerate your reality. And thank you so much. Thank you. Peace everyone. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a voice for love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.